Welcome to the Adopting Joy podcast. I'm your host, Colleen Joy Ryan. It's my passionate mission to share inspirational insights, actionable tips, tools, and techniques that you can apply immediately so you can create your best life. Sample topics include dealing with difficult people, how to get motivated and stay motivated, and transforming your struggles into success. If you're looking to create a more free and fulfilling life filled with greater happiness, health, and healing, you've come to the right place. My goal is to help you love your life. It's one of the secrets to adopting joy. Overcoming rejection is something we can all relate to, whether you're in sales, interviewing for a job or a promotion, an entrepreneur asking for business, or just going on a date. I thought about the many people who've been asking me about the best way to overcome their fears and just put themselves out there whether it's a business owner, whether it is uh, somebody who's wanting to put themselves out more on, <clears throat> on video, on social media. So when I thought about contacting CEOs, I wanted to interview for my book, Secrets Your Boss Isn't Telling You, which came out years ago. I'll admit, I experienced fear and trepidation. After all, most of them didn't know me from Adam. My mind raced with thoughts like, what if they say no? And what if they don't like me? And then I thought, well, even if they do reject me, I'm no worse off than I was before I asked. I won't have lost anything because it's not like they were already in the book. But if I don't ask, then it's certain their advice won't be in my book because it's easy to say no to no one. As 19th century novelist Nathaniel Hawthorne said, the thing you set your mind on is the thing you ultimately become. And I think that's so true Think about when you've been driving your car. You're in your car and maybe you look over, um, you're out in the country and you look over and, and you see some horses in the, in the field and it's just a beautiful uh, bucolic scene. So as you notice, your car starts to kind of veer to the left or if you are driving, um, I remember once driving in California, Pacific Coast Highway, and I was looking out at the beautiful Pacific Ocean, and uh, don't worry, I didn't go off a cliff, <laughs> but I had to remember, you know, not to look too much because ever so slightly, my car was going in the direction that I was looking so I really do believe the thing you set your mind on, especially if you set your mind on something a lot, it's the thing you'll ultimately become. 
If you set your mind continually on being rejected, that will become your reality. And if you never ask, you'll never receive. I like to say that the only time you really fail is all the times you don't even try. Now, I will tell you that um, as, a, as a speaker and a coach, I travel a lot and I'm in a lot of hotel rooms. And for me, um, they're like my home away from home. So I always ask for an upgrade. I, I will typically call and ask if my room can be upgraded. And I'll say, you know, higher floor, more light, um, order a suite based upon availability. And with all these hotels and chains, I, uh, I'm definitely a rewards member. So that, <laughs> that helps, you know, and I always ask nicely, but in my mind, I always think to myself, the worst they can do is say no, you know, or that they don't have the availability. But if I don't ask, I won't know. The other thing that I would say, and we all know this, um, but it's worth repeating, don't take failure and rejection personally. You've heard this before, but do you practice it? Once you take action, don't internalize failure if the events don't go perfectly. Even if in your mind, they're a disaster. See the setback as temporary. See it as a learning experience, not a permanent fatal flaw. And I'm thinking back to uh, yesterday because for me, yesterday was a disaster. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. I'm getting to the point where I'm very busy with my business and uh, I, I've hired some people to uh, help out. And there's somebody who does a lot of work for me who's really good. I mean, this person knows their stuff. They're far better at it than me. Um, I pretty much leave them alone because they know what they're doing. So anyway, yesterday, everything that you are not supposed to do on social media was happening you know, post really late at night. I mean, you can post late at night. You just know not as many people are going to see the post. Uh, no hashtags. I mean, there were just just a lot of different things. And so, and just a lot of things were going wrong yesterday. And it's funny, I'm not superstitious, but it was November 13th. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, wait a minute. What What is my part in this? You know, it's like, what is your part, Colleen? And so I thought about how I didn't give instructions that were specific enough. I was not concise. Um, I didn't say, oh, by the way, you know, before this is done, or if you have any questions about this, you know, see me first. I just, I just really was not giving very clear instructions. And so, you know, I had to really look at what was my part and honestly, most of it was my part. Um, so the one thing too that I would say is that when you're when you do have a failure or you know let's say there's some rejection, let's say you're in sales or something, 
What can you learn from it? How can you grow? And how can you move on? And celebrate if it's your fault. Um, I really mean that because when something is your fault, you have the control and you can change it. You know, you can change yourself. Whereas if there's something that really is not your fault, you know, let's say it's something regarding a relationship, you know, and you've been rejected. Well, you know, the more you look at this other person, you might start to see that there were all these red flags that you just didn't see. And, you know, now you're able to see, okay, my part in it is there were so many red flags, it's a wonder that the fire department didn't come over. But you're also able to see where a lot of it is them. And that can be harder because you can't change someone else. So don't take failure personally. It's your response, as I said, that determines if you keep moving forward or fall back in, into fear. And even if you do fail, you know, even if you do make a mistake, and we all do, as long as you learn from it, you are failing forward. You are making progress. Timothy Ferris, author of the number one New York Times bestseller, The Four-Hour Workweek, wrote, I believe success can be measured in the number of uncomfortable conversations you're willing to have. He goes on to say, I felt that if I could help students overcome the fear of rejection with cold calling and cold email, it would serve them forever. I wholeheartedly agree with Tim. Based on my experience in business, I believe students shouldn't be allowed to graduate from high school or college or uh, maybe a technical school, a, vo a vocational school. I don't think students should be allowed to graduate until they've completed a course called, and I'm making this up, How to Put Yourself Out There and Overcome the Fear of Rejection. Now, <laughs> Like I said, I, I made that up, but you get the point because life is all about putting yourself out there. Even if it's something as small as asking your spouse or your significant other for the kind of vacation that you want to take this year. So let's say that, um, okay, uh, full disclosure, I love cruises I love nature and I love beautiful scenery. So my favorite vacation is an Alaska cruise. I have um, a lot of friends who have said, yeah, you know, my husband, my boyfriend, you know, really wants to go to Alaska, but, you know, I don't, I don't want to go. You know, my idea of a vacation is sitting on a beach in warm weather with a drink in my hand. So, you know, that would be an example of where somebody has to kind of put themselves out there and maybe have an uncomfortable conversation if it's something that you, you know, really want and try to convince the other person of what it is that 
you are wanting. So, you know, if you want to take a, a, a warm vacation and be on a beach and the person that you're with doesn't want to, well, you're going to have to kind of, you know, have that uncomfortable conversation and uh, see if you can persuade them. I will say that when you care, but not that much, you know, you, you want something, maybe you're negotiating something, but it's not that important to you or you can choose your battles. I think those conversations are a lot less uncomfortable because maybe you don't want it as badly. You don't have as much invested. But with the things that you really do want, sometimes it can be an uncomfortable conversation. So it doesn't matter if you're a college student. It doesn't matter if you're a business owner, if you are somebody in sales, or if you're retired. You know, maybe um, maybe you're not working and you're trying to get your children to make their beds in the morning and clean their room. So no matter what your situation, you're still in the convincing and persuading business. Life really is about putting yourself in various sales situations. Here are three life-changing ideas to remember that will help you in overcoming rejection. And these have really helped me. Number one, studies show asking increases your chances by 200%. And as I said earlier, it's easy to say no to no one. So if, if you don't ask, you'll never know. You know, but if you ask for something and you don't get it, at least you still haven't lost anything because you didn't have it in the first place. So studies show asking can increase your chances by up to 200%. Number two, and this is um, one I've definitely found that works, you need to build up your asking muscles. Start slowly with people you know who you know will say yes to something and go from there. So so take baby steps. Um, just start out asking for something small that um, you know you're probably going to um, get from somebody. It might even be you're at a restaurant and you're ordering a meal and you know you ask for the dressing on the side. You know that would be something very small. Or maybe you're walking down a street, there's a certain store you're trying to find, and your phone says you're there, but you're not there. So stop and ask somebody for directions. So those are ways that you can start out small. It's not intimidating. And and you can work on um, building those asking muscles. Number three... You don't necessarily get paid for all of your successes in life. You get paid for all the preparation, the learning, the mistakes, the failures, and the rejections in route to success. And these tips 
which I said to myself when I was wanting to um, interview the CEOs. Um, interviewing managers and supervisors was easy because I have a lot of them with with my own business. But the CEOs, admittedly, and the executive VPs, that was just going to be a little bit um, more intimidating. So I kept these tips um, in my mind. I came up with them and I posted them on my wall and I, I, I found that they became etched in my mind. And they helped me overcome my trepidation about contacting these people for my book. As a result, almost all of them agreed to an interview. I think there were one or maybe two who said no, but it was still a win because um, I had about 10 or 11 that said yes. One point I want to emphasize is that the more I asked, the more confident I felt. I literally got used to asking. Like any muscle you exercise, over time, it becomes stronger. Well, my asking muscles became stronger. The more you put yourself out there, the more you practice putting yourself out there, the easier it becomes. Do not view rejection as personal. You know, sometimes somebody just, sometimes they just buy from somebody else because they prefer their products or you simply can't provide what they need at the time. Um, sometimes maybe somebody isn't buying from you because it's just, it's just not the right time or you don't have the service that they need. Or maybe for you, the rejection is a relationship. Well, maybe for this person, they just can't commit. Or for them, it's the wrong time. It's not necessarily about you. I talked about Timothy Ferris, the number one New York Times bestselling author, when I had said, you know, it's it's important to have those uncomfortable conversations, and that's um, one of his philosophies. Well, one other thing I learned about writing a book was that the writing was easy. I loved the writing. I loved helping people. Um, to this day, I'm almost finished with my second book, Adopting Joy. Um, and it's an about it's about my rescue dog and how she uh, trans transformed my life. Anyway, I love coming up with content for this podcast. So I enjoy a lot of the behind the scenes work. The challenging part for me um, with my book coming out or or really um, anything involving marketing is the putting myself out there. And for me, it's because I'm an introvert. So maybe you're like me, you know, maybe deep down, even if people think you're an extrovert, maybe like me, deep down, you're an introvert. And so this is going to take a lot more work for you than it would the average person. Yet, like anything, a product uh, or a service, it can be the best in the business, but if no one knows about it, it's not going to be successful. And the same holds true for what you have to offer 
the world. If, if you don't put yourself out there and you don't offer it, nobody will know about it. Now, I find that for most of us, we tend to be too hard on ourselves. I've talked about in the past, especially I think even more as women, we tend to compare our insides with somebody else's outsides. So what I want to say to you is if you and I were sitting right now at a coffee house, just one-on-one, I would bet that if I got to know you, I would think that you've got some great talents that maybe you don't even recognize in yourself. You're probably a really nice, kind, compassionate person. You're probably very self-aware. Um, you maybe have had some you know, real adversities, but you, you got through them and you learned a lot. So I would bet that if you and I were to sit down over coffee, I would see so many so many strengths, you know, so many gifts that you bring to the table, you know, and that you're just a beautiful person. So try and really focus on, you know, your strengths and your gifts and your your talents. And they're different for all of us, but really try to focus on what you bring to the table and what you have to offer. That requires you to continually reprogram your mind to overcome rejection. It, it just kind of helps to stop what you're thinking about and, and become more aware of uh, more positive thoughts that you can put in your mind about yourself. Get out of focusing on what you fear about the, the future and put yourself back in the present. I like to say, instead of catastrophizing and imagining the worst, <laughs> can catastrophize and imagine the best outcome that could happen. It can't hurt. Had I not been brave enough to contact those executives, those CEOs, I wouldn't have made the connections. Not to mention, I found each of them to be enlightening, entertaining. Um, I thought they were very approachable. Before calling them, though, I had to seriously remind myself of the bigger purpose because sometimes we can get so caught up in the fear that we need to remind ourselves of, wait a minute, why am I doing this in the first place? You know, what's, what's the biggest purpose? You know, who is going to benefit? You know, don't think about your fear. Focus on who is going to benefit from what you have to say. So I focused on how many of my readers would benefit from their advice um, as well as the manager's and supervisor's advice, not just professional, but personal as well. I reminded myself that when the book became successful, I'd have more to donate to my favorite charities. For me, that means rescue animals. I have such a soft spot for rescue animals and um, children with cancer. I have a favorite charity for that that I like to donate to. And I, and I knew that they would benefit as well. So talk yourself 
out of thinking, it's too hard, I can't do it, or it's too hard, so I'm going to stop. We've all been there. You're not alone. Don't sit back and settle for less than what you want. Ask. Ask for what you want. Put yourself out there. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Here are five tips for overcoming any feelings of uh, rejection, feelings of uh, failure or not dealing effectively with procrastination that I want to share with you. So here are the five tips. Number one, avoid blaming. Sometimes the first person that we need to stop blaming is ourselves. You know, look at what your part was and fix it, but also don't be too hard on yourself. I like to say, let go of the mistake you made, but don't lose the lesson from it. If you're always looking for outside circumstances or someone else to blame, you're not moving forward. You're stuck in the past. I would bet that you know people who are so focused on blaming that they can't move toward success. So don't be one of them. I also want to say as part of number one, before you blame somebody else in a situation, look at what might have been your part and like everything yesterday, everything that could go wrong went wrong. And then I had to look at, okay, wait a minute. You know, what is my part in this? You know, was I specific enough in somebody who works for me? Was I specific enough in giving them instructions or did I need to be a lot more detailed? And I needed to be a lot more detailed. So really a lot of what made yesterday a disaster was me needing to be more clear and concise and, and not abbreviating, you know, not, a, not assuming somebody knows what I'm talking about. So, you know, what, what is your part in it? And it's interesting because in a lot of my management skills uh, seminars, I will have a lot of managers, supervisors, directors, people like that raise their hand and say, I think I'm guilty of that. You know, I think too often, Colleen, I, I have in my mind what I want someone to do, but I'm not explaining it in detail. I think I'm expecting them to read my mind. So avoid blaming yourself and others. Number two, Realize that overcoming adversity creates maturity. This has been an especially valuable lesson for me. Why? Overcoming adversity builds strength and character. It shifts priorities and changes perspectives and petty annoyances don't matter as much. As of this podcast... Today, November 14th, 2019, I'm a 28-year cancer survivor. Now, I was fortunate. I was stage zero, the lowest 
stage. If, if you're going to be a, a stage, <laughs> zero is the one to be. And years ago, I delivered a keynote speech in South Carolina to uh, cancer patients, cancer survivors, or as I like to say, cancer thrivers and their relatives. And it was a beautiful summer day, not not too not too humid. It was a big picnic. Um, I think there might have been about four or five hundred people there. They had such wonderful attitudes. If you didn't know who these people were, you would never know um, how cancer, you know, played a big part and um, had affected all these people. So in that keynote um, speech that I gave, at one point, I had them break into groups. Um, They were sitting in circular tables, and I had them share what they'd learned from a cancer diagnosis, whether they were the patient, the survivor, um, the, the friend, the relative. Phrases I heard repeatedly were, I've learned not to worry about the small things, and I now know what matters most. My relationships have improved, or I have a greater appreciation for nature. So overcoming adversity creates maturity. Number three, in overcoming any feelings of uh, rejection, failures, mistakes you've made, number three, find mentors. Model yourself after people you admire. What steps have people you admire taken to overcome procrastination uh, and rejection, failures in their journey to success? Now, some of these people you might know, some of them you may not know. I can think of two people on Instagram that I follow and I love what they have to say. Um, they talk about some of their, um, I don't know if I'd call them failures because you know they share everything that they've learned. They talk about some of the things that they do not enjoy doing, uh, but they make themselves do those things because they're not, um, you know, they're not immune. They, they need to do those things. So I can think of two people who are just, they're so relatable and they're so real. Um, completely different styles, but I just, I love listening to them. And and I may never meet them. So, you know, some of the people that you admire, you may never meet, but if you can, um, see if you can talk to them, listen to their advice, watch their videos if they have them and shorten your own learning curve. Paying attention to others, share how they've overcome adversity and faced their fears can be a huge motivator. The best part of that is you see you're not the only one. You're not alone in facing your fears and setbacks. Most important of all, don't completely isolate yourself. For too much isolation can kill dreams. So, you know, sometimes you have to do a lot of isolating and you're not being as sociable because you got to put the, you know, your nose to the grindstone and uh, 
and get a lot done. But too much isolation is a dream killer. Why? You get too much into your own head. And we've all been there. And then, you know, the insecurities come up or, um, you know, we envision the worst. So, you know the routine. Simply take it one step at a time. And don't be hesitant to ask for help. That's that's another thing I hear about a lot in my speaking and coaching. Um, when I ask people to, you know, at the end um, or periodically, I have them stop and write down a key takeaway. And that's one people will often say. They'll say, Colleen, I, I need to not be afraid to ask for help. So find mentors, model yourself after um, people you admire. Number four, get at the root causes of procrastination. Now I have a whole episode, I believe it was episode five on how to overcome procrastination that's been um, wildly popular. Uh, and certainly it's something we can all relate to. So that might be one you would be interested in. But but in the meantime, let's let's talk a little bit about that now. Look at your background, look at your childhood, and pinpoint any reasons for the procrastination or fear of rejection. If the thing you are procrastinating involves asking or somehow having to put yourself out there. Maybe you do a podcast, maybe you do uh, videos or audio. You may be procrastinating to avoid more stress and overwhelm. Studies show you'll get a temporary shot of dopamine, you know, the feel-good hormone. You'll get a temporary shot of the feel-good hormones in your brain by putting something off. But ultimately, like any drug, you need more and more of it to get the same effect. So what do you typically do? And we've all done this. You keep procrastinating and the stress and overwhelm get worse then you feel worse about yourself. You know, now you're going to procrastinate even more. So, you know, it's it's that vicious cycle. Some good news that I want to share with you is that research points to the fact that procrastinators are typically not lazy. You're not lazy. Studies show they're often especially hard on themselves. So look at the way you were raised by your parents and or teachers. Perhaps looking back, you'll find a meaningful correlation between procrastination and perfectionism in your experiences. Also, life happens. Uh, you know, things come up during your day, professionally, personally, um, that you weren't expecting. We get busy with unexpected emergencies and deadlines and things have to be pushed aside. You know, sometimes what was earnestly on our must-do today list, you know, sometimes there's another um, emergency that takes precedent. So don't be too hard on yourself. Forgive yourself and get back to it. Number five, just get the work 
done. <laughs> you, you know, you know Nike's uh, slogan, just do it, you know, because a lot of a lot of us struggle with just doing it. You can go back and fix it later. I had to remember this when I was calling CEOs. I would just, I would make the calls. Uh, I would send the emails. If they didn't respond, I would go back and attempt to reach them again, you know, maybe the next week. If that didn't work, I'd attempt a different way, such as through snail mail. So I know that a lot of what we've talked about, you know, it's it's new, um, it's scary, it's uncomfortable. At, at times when you're when you're learning something new or you're putting yourself out there to other people, it feels messy, it feels disorganized. But remember that by getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, you are growing. Do what you can to the best of your ability and promise yourself you'll get back to it later if need be. Um, most likely, if you're like me, <laughs> and I have a feeling you might be, you'll be motivated to do an outstanding job so you don't have to go back to it. Why? Because in the back of your mind, you know you don't have the luxury of time in doing something a second time. Never give up on your dreams. Let go of the rejection from others, whatever you perceive as rejection, let go of the rejection from others that you can't control. Be kind to yourself. And and speaking of um, rejection from others, I'd like to read to you uh, a very short story. And and I think I think this is a real good one for kind of picking ourselves up and starting all over again. It's the mule who fell down from the well. So bear with me here. We're almost done. The mule who fell down a well. A mule fell down a well. When the farmer who owned the mule saw what had happened, he thought to himself, I can't get him out. It's impossible. So he decided to bury it. The farmer took a shovel and he started throwing dirt on that poor mule. At first, the mule was frightened. Oh, help, God, he's going to bury me alive. But then the mule had a fantastic thought. I'm just going to shake it off and step on it. And so as the farmer threw shovels of dirt on that old mule, hour after hour after hour, the mule would just shake it off and step on it. Shake it off and step on it. After many hours of the farmer shoveling dirt into the well, the mule stepped out of the well triumphant. And I think it's a uh, singer Taylor Swift who has a song um, and, I, and I love the lyrics, you know, shake it off. Because the events that happen in your life can either make you bitter or better. Only you have the power to decide what you will do. 
When life throws a lot of dirt your way, you can let yourself get buried or shake it off and rise above it. The choice is yours. In closing, I'd like to leave you with uh, two quotes. The first is by Ralph Waldo Emerson, who said, Don't be too timid and squeamish about your actions. All life is an experiment. The more experiments you make, the better. And by daily, oh, I love this one. They're on Instagram at Daily Manifest Co. The failure and struggle you're experiencing now will all be part of your success story. I agree. Take what you learn from your own experiences and pass it on to others. Help lift others up. It's one of the secrets to adopting joy. Please, if you haven't already, subscribe to the Adopting Joy podcast. Share it with your friends. You can follow me on Instagram at adoptingjoy underscore. That's adopting joy and the underscore symbol on Twitter at adopting joy. And I'm also on Facebook at Colleen Joy Ryan. Colleen Joy Ryan. Thank you.